So in the lectionary this week, the devil in one of the temptations, uh, you know, invites Jesus to go up and throw himself off the highest point of the temple and then quotes scripture to Jesus. What precedent does that set or what does that mean about the value of quoting scripture? Because the three of us are clergy and we, we read scripture weekly and we believe it does have value in our lives and our congregants' lives. But if even the devil can quote scripture, how, how does that frame the value of it? What I really wonder is, A, what the devil's Bible would look like. What edition <laughs> would the devil read? And What's his translation? Right, what translation? Definitely and, red letter, for sure. Definitely, Ooh. and who would sign it? Who would sign? Who would, who would sign the devil's Bible? It's um, the new Hades edition, I think. Nice. That might actually be the most legit funny thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 123, or as we like to call it, 123, of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as Shannon, Brian, and Ogan address and engage what's happening through a theological lens and, yeah, with a good beverage in hand. And you can show some love for us by becoming a supporter on Patreon. You can start at a mere $2 a month to support us. There's different levels, including uh, maybe some swag and also some extended interviews with some special guests. Uh, visit patreon.com slash ptlives to get started. And a big thank you to those who are currently supporting us. We love ya. You can join our conversation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using the hashtag PTLive. Follow at Pub Theology on those platforms and check us out. Um, we have new video clips from the show on IGTV or watch us on YouTube for extra content. You can hear us argue about needless things. <laughs> yeah, you, you can. You absolutely you can. <laughs> Well, today we talk about the Bible. What is it? Whose is it? And if it is inspired or written by God, should human beings be signing it? And uh, we'll also talk about if even the devil can quote scripture, uh, what value does quoting scripture have? So we've got uh, some Bible-related conversation today. And welcome back, Ogan, from your uh, travels. And what are you drinking today, friend? Uh, thank you very much. Um, I have decided to give up alcohol for Lent. Oh, you and Brian traded. Um, um, I'm, de- I'm, re- I really haven't. I'm just detoxing. Like okay. between the between the three weeks in Barbados and the week on the cruise, I'm like, you're you know what? You're right. spiritualizing your detox. I, I, exactly. It's okay. a, I, I start a little late for Lent, so I don't know. I can catch up, but I will probably go past Easter. It's, it's time to flush. Time to flush the system. And I'm also going to wean off of sugar and, um, and white flour and bread. I ate so much bread on the cruise ship. Oh my God. So much <laughs> bread. It was insane. Cause that's all you ever do on cruise ships. You just you eat. eat, 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 eat. You assign you a dinner time. Anyways, lots of food, uh, lots of drinking. And yes, it was with a whole bunch of church people. Um, Visit, uh, visit, visit our pre-show on YouTube to uh, hear more about the cruise details. That's all I'm going to say for now. So, nice. H2O. That's what I'm H2O. Thinking. H2O. Perfect. I also have some H2O. I have some, um, actually, it's orange infused. I put oranges in my water Ooh. yesterday, and now I'm drinking the fruits of my labor. I'll see your LaCroix and raise you an infused orange <laughs> water. Tap water. <laughs> Um, I'm also drinking a Kurtz coffee out of Reno, Nevada, um, house decaf over my pretentious pour over. So you can watch me do my pour over. <laughs> pretentious pour over. Pretentious oh, look at this. Because I'm, you know, bougie that way and do believe that vinyl is the best here underneath here. I lost the like, you know, the little thing that goes here that keeps your hand from burning off. So I just use it. Uh, 
So yeah, there's my pretentious pour over. No, no, love, the, do love you, the pour over. I love the pour over. Do you measure the temperature of the water before you pour it? I know. Then no. you're not pretentious. Then I'm not pretentious. No. 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 It's all, it's, you. there's a feel to it. There is. Like I, I, I have my electric kettle, you know, I yeah. boil my water and then hey, I let it sit and then this, I pour it. This is perfect time. We're talking about the Bible today. I have a joke for you. Okay. How does oh, Moses, God. how does Moses make his coffee? He brews it. Oh boy. See, see, I have a sign that somebody gave me that I do not hang in my house that says the man's the one that makes the coffee because it says right there, he brews. There you go. Well, mm. now the man is the one that usually makes the coffee in my house. So, you know, whatever. It's not because of his gender. It's just because of my laziness. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Bible, Bible and coffee humor. But I, yep. I just want to be clear. I am not giving up alcohol for Lent. I am just sick and I have a meeting after this. So just, there will be more drinking. I Clarification. Promise. Well, I Clarification. guess I'm carrying the weight of the show today with the beverage here. So I am drinking a uh, Schwartz Brewing uh, Space Rock IPA. It is an American pale ale hopped with some tasty little nuggets of alien technology. And oh, in the art, cool. there's a man uh, with his winter hat on driving a uh, snowmobile and the snowmobile has two little like uh, signs on it uh, that says because aliens exist so nice I just want you to know tune back next week because I'm I actually have a beer that I'm really excited to share on the show so Ooh. you know come back I just couldn't week. do it I couldn't do it this week that was a teaser some of the some of the promotional materials for these bears are going too far. Pieces of alien technology. I mean, come on. What? But the, the, I sent you guys the article. If you've been following the show or you listened to our 100th episode, I was drinking Mr. Trash Wheel. Yeah, and <laughs> there was an article in the Sun today, the Baltimore Sun, that Mr. Trash Wheel actually picked up a Trash Wheel can and was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You can't get more Baltimore than that. That, well, is, you know. that is too anyway. good. That is too good. So uh, oh. we endured this weekend the uh, crisis known to all clergy as daylight savings time uh, and springing the clocks forward an hour, at least those of us who were, who were preaching on Sunday. And how did that go? And um, how do you feel about daylight savings time in general? Um, like the electoral college, it's time has come and gone. We need to get rid of both of them. Mm. So on the love it or shove it scale, you say shove it. Not just shove it. I say get a shovel and bury it real deep. Yeah, it's, it's, it's time for that to go. And there is there is all the evidence to support daylight savings time, doing things like inducing more heart attacks, more traffic accidents, you know, people who are already underslept, lose an hour of sleep. Uh, you know, it's ridiculous. Now, granted, later on, at the other end, you know, we may gain an hour back. Um, but, yeah, it still screws with people. So, yeah, time to go. Yeah, I'm I'm for the stop, like, stop changing it. Like, stop. Just stop it all together. Like if we, you know, if we never quote unquote, like gained that hour, we wouldn't yeah. lose the hour. And I, you know, so when I lived in upstate New York and, and you guys probably have this more, it's really noticeable. Um, I mean, it, it would start to get dark at like three o'clock in the afternoon in the middle of yeah, winter. It's horrible. You know, it's horrible. And it's just like, you know, I, I don't, I don't, it's it's gonna be what it's gonna be, right? Like, if it's starting to get late at three o'clock, what does it matter? You know, whether it's three o'clock or four o'clock or whatever. Well, I just it does though. I want I want more daylight when I'm awake, and as I'm not a morning person, I I prefer daylight saving time to non daylight saving time. I like longer evenings. Of I like longer evenings as well. Now you get a benefit, Brian, because you're on the like we western do. tip Major of benefit. Time. in the summer it is light till 10 o'clock in michigan exactly like you get a huge benefit of that um whereas you know like ogan is on the same time zone and right. think of all the time right that <laughs> until sunset that you you get extra you know that it, in the evening and we use it will. 
So Logan, you might be muted, friend. I, I am. Let's not have that happen. Um, the issue, <laughs> the issue is our bodies are are the the shock to our bodies. Like you know, yeah. our, our our brains wake up when it's light and go to sleep when it's dark, and 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 there's there's a normal. If we didn't have daylight savings time, there would be a normal gradual shift of the season shift, and we'd adjust nicely. But all of a sudden, one yeah. day. You know, sun's up early or right. it's dark early, and, it's dark, and it, yeah. it messes it messes with our inner biology we, and physiology. You know, we have lights now and air conditioning and heating systems and all of these. Like, I agree, I like yeah. waking up with the sun, but we have all of these things that make our bodies not attuned to the rhythm of the natural rhythm of the day. The thing I appreciate about less light in the morning is I don't like morning anyway, so I don't need the sun in my face like. <laughs> You know, yeah. like it's like get off me, man! I'm still waking up. Let's exactly. eat some light. We'll have light in maybe an hour or two, and that's fine. Right. No, so I'm we, need, we need to get rid of daylight savings time, the electoral college, and vote in on Tuesdays. You got to get to vote in, or or, or call election day a national holiday. Those three things need to happen. And also, like if we are going to have the time change, why does it have to be Saturday night? Like it's the worst, right. the worst right. night to have it. Well. And the argument for like doing it on Friday is significantly different, right? Like give everybody the whole, if, if you're still assuming that people work a nine to five Monday through Friday, give them the entire weekend to make the shift. You're right. You know? yeah. yeah. But you're really only screwing people that go to church. I know. That's <laughs> I mean, really, the thing. Like, you're honestly only messing with people who go to church and, or who and- now work on Sunday. You and know? most, yeah. And mostly people who work at church because other people could be like, I'm just going to uh, sleep in or I'll show up late, but I don't have to. Sometimes you know. I feel like we make such a big deal about it at church that like. People stay people away. Actually, people actually like come because they're like, ah, we make such a big deal yeah. about it. I actually think the fall is worse. Like people feel that extra hour and they're like, oh, I don't want to go anywhere. This feels nice. You know, I see that's interesting. Like, I, I think with spring, they're like, ah, oh, screw it. It's going to mess with me anyway. Might as well get up. You Might know. as well get up. I know, and 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 in spite of all the all the warnings we give people and advance notice and phones automatically changing, there's always the handful who show up to church early or miss the whole thing. Yeah. Well, it's better. I mean, I've had I've had friends that have stories of like they missed it and they show up to work late, and their bosses are like, "Don't you go to church?" Oh. Oh. And they're like, "Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know it was like that." Yeah, and I was late for that too. So, yeah. What's your point? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you don't watch the news, right? Like, where else right. would I say? I don't watch the news, but I know the news still does it. Makes a big deal out of it. Yes, like, they do. Like, where where else would I have seen it? I mean, my timeline's full of people complaining about it, which is the only other time I would have seen it, but like my calendar doesn't, it's not like a national holiday where it pops up on my calendar. Like, anyway, that's just anyway, interesting. I think we're clear where we stand on that. <laughs> I think we're clear. <laughs> All right. Moving um, on. We'll keep this part briefish, but have you read a good book lately that you'd recommend? And then secondly, uh, perhaps what makes the Bible different from other books? And that'll segue us into signing said books. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a book that I'm currently reading, and this is my attempt to read this book for, I think, the third or fourth time. It's, it's a novel, and it's actually pretty good. I've just never made it through it because it's over a thousand pages long. And, you know, the, the, urban, the urban legend is no one's ever actually finished this novel because it's so long, but, but people have. I'm, I'm reading Infinite Jest. And you are. I am. This is like the fourth time I'm trying to read this book. Oh, my God. I've tried to read it. Um, but, but I think this is the first time I'm trying to read it that I'm actually into it and liking it. I I was uh, reading it in, uh, when I was in Barbados and on the cruise a lot. Um, so maybe this time I'll finish it. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a good book. It's a good novel. And when you finish the infinite jest, you realize the jokes on you. Uh Aha. Sorry. (laughs) Shannon, you're a. Muted. Sorry, I muted it. To, I said for eternity, but the ju- the timing's off now. You know. Ooh, yeah, the joke's on you it. forever. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So I was trying to. I actually, when I read this, I thought 
differently. I was trying to think of a book that I have that is actually signed that I appreciate. Oh like, yeah. Good thought. Like hmm. I was like, is there, do I, I have a lot of books that are signed. Um, mostly um, like from college, like special speakers came in and you know, whatever, or seminary or my professors from seminary that like books came out and they signed mm -hmm. the books for us. Um, but I've never like stood in line to get a book signed or like, you know, I've never done that kind of fandom. Kind of thing. I've done that once or twice, but more it's been at events with speakers and so forth. Yeah. Uh, yeah I was at festival of theology or um, sorry, festival of homiletics last year. And the line for Diana Butler Bass was like, out the door, up the stairs, you know, same thing with Richard Rohr and stuff. And I just kind of was like, meh, you know, like, I don't, yeah. I don't need them to do that. I don't, I don't, right. I don't know. Yeah. My, my usual, my usual sentiment is, eh, they're just, they're just people. They're just people. Now, um, on, on the flip side to that, though, was, you know, years ago when my book came out and I would go to churches and people would line up for me to come sign the book. I was like, all right, I get it now. It's kind of nice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to be the person <laughs> signing. Yeah. I feel exactly. <laughs> the last person I stood in line for also sort of a, not sort of a theologian or rather a Bible academic was Elaine Pagels mm -hmm. who wrote the Gnostic gospels. Um, last year, she released a memoir called why religion. And it was the first time that she spoke at length about the death of her husband decades ago and also her infant son at the time. Mm. Um, and I went, when she was here in Boston, I went to hear her speak um, uh, about that. I mean, she talked about, you know, uh, her, her time in, in college and the, and the, the, the rampant sexism, sexism she had to deal with. Um, but, but it was really kind of this heartfelt thing and, a, and really fascinating read for someone who death in their personal life really kind of informed their view, not just on writing, but on religion. And she's a person who kind of, yeah. you know, has, hasn't really interested in on again, off again relationship with like organized religion and stuff like that. So, so that was good, but yes, I did. I, I would not have waited in line except that the fact that as soon as she got done, the book table happened to be right next to where we're sitting. So I was like the second person in line. Nice. So I was yeah. like, okay, I can do that. Boom. See, I get the appeal of wanting to meet somebody you admire, right? Yeah. It was and more if, of that. Right. And if, and if the excuse for that is here, sign my book or, you know, sign this for me so that I can have 30 seconds of your time. Like, I do understand that. I really do. Um, my, I was, a couple weeks ago when I was gone, I was at my sister and my brother-in-law is a huge, um, you know, mystery novel reader, like huge Stephen King fan. And, you know, some of his prized possessions are autographed first editions. Wow. You know, and, and I, it, it just really changed. I was like, oh, like that doesn't mean anything for me, but that means a big deal for him. Like, yeah. I met you, I got your autograph, you know, those kind of things are really important to him. Um, and I, I don't know if it's just cause it was a souvenir of that moment, you know, remembering that moment, um, you know. So, so let's say uh, you could have a football or a Jersey uh, signed by one of your favorite Ravens players of all time. I have a football signed by one of them. So how does that, does that compare at all? Like, um, I wanted that... in an auction, like I didn't stand in line, yeah. um, but I, yeah, there, it is, it, I think it's a great comparison. Could be analogous. Really, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a, I got a Michael Jack, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan signed nice. poster. Yeah. That's wow. Back in his NC State days. You mean North Car University of North Carolina? Sorry, UNC. My bad. Wow. And it was one of them Carolina schools. There you go. Apologies, <laughs> any, any Tar Heel and Wolfpack listeners? It's, yeah, apologies. <laughs> All <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I, have I, a, I think they're up there. Uh, yeah. Brian, I think that's a fair comparison, to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I have a, a book signed by Mark Nepo. He wrote The Book of Awakening, which was like featured on Oprah and stuff like that. And I got to meet him when he was in D.C. and we were hosting an event 
through Shalem Institute that he was speaking at and, and got to spend some time with him that weekend. And it was really just kind of cool to do that and have him sign the book. And it's a book I actually, you know, use it's And it's a, it's a very, well, the book of awakening, right? It's a spiritual book. And so in a way, you know, it's in that world of things that inspire you, but it's a different level than the Bible. It was written, you know, within the last decade by someone whose address we can look up and so on and so forth. So it makes sense when someone who wrote a book right. finds it, you know. Hey, that we can look up God's sense. address, remember? You know, regardless. That, that, that makes One sense. One heaven way. Exactly. <laughs> but, but heaven what, in the sky with diamonds. The, the penthouse. <laughs> what goes through your mind when you see someone super famous like the president and you think I'd like the president's autograph and I can understand that, right? I, I do get that, even though I'm not a particular fan of the current administration. But what would make you think, how about my Bible and with a Sharpie on the cover? Like, yeah, what's going through your mind that that feels like a thing you'd want to have happen? I, I, and I, if you don't mind, I want to start this conversation with removing the current president out of it, right? Like, yeah. just Good. let's just talk about this as a national leader yes. signing the cover of a Bible, right? I Because I think that's the conversation. We can't really remove it from it, the fact that it's, it's Trump when we have this conversation. But I think it's just as valid to have it without the fact that it's him. Because... Um, you know, my father has signed pictures of former presidents that he admires. Right. I just cannot imagine. I cannot imagine um, asking anyone to sign my Bible. But like, presidents a- have signed Bibles before. Yes, yes, they have, and and it's not on. So, so just as you know, we go to hear someone speak uh, who's authored a book. You know, I've I've been to, you know, way back in the day, you know, big evangelical type conferences, conventions with, with you know, at in by, you know, Barbados standards, pretty, you know, famous people uh, at the time. And the only book I had was the Bible. And right. yeah, they signed it on the inside um, because for me, it's uh, I. I want to meet them. I want proof and evidence that I met them. I want something to cement this moment. And all the paper I got right now is a Bible, <laughs> you, uh, you know, and, 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 and given the context of that, um, when, when, you know, these, these folks were at a church that he came to visit, right. I'm assuming it was their own personal Bible. And, um, and, and, and they wanted to, to cement this moment. Uh, to Brian's point, President signing Bibles is not an unheard of thing. Uh, if I, I think, Shannon, you're saying you want to remove the president from this. I think we're only talking about this because it's him. I've never remembered having any discourse about any president signing a Bible prior to this. And I think the reason why we are is because of the the obvious relationship or a lack thereof between this president and just religion in general. Right. Uh, you know, if if you know George W. Bush, who you know basically said, you know, God told me to invade Iraq. You know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but but his his relationship as he saw it or used it with God mm-hmm. was was clear was was evident. If he'd gone to that church, if he'd gone to a church after Katrina and someone said sign his Bible, we would not be talking about it nearly as much, I believe, be, because of who it is now. And um, that's there's you know arguably the the what do you call it the the progressive left wing media mainstream media is is i think personally me making way too much of this for if if barack obama had come to my church it'd be a bible it'd have been a hymnal it'd have been the inside of my sneaker it'd have been any piece of your right cheek Exactly. It's, it's not that I disagree that they're making too big of a deal out of it, but I think the conversation is one worth having 
of idolatry and blasphemy, right? Yeah. And and maybe that means you do have to put this president into it, right? Um, particularly, you know, I'm trying to imagine like if Jimmy Carter came and wanted to sign my Bible, right? Like mm-hmm. Jimmy Carter, who I think is a tremendous follower in faith, right? A moral but leader. A moral leader in, in, in particularly in the Christian faith, yep. right? Like, um, but personally, I... I so I, I went back, I have my great grandmother's Bible and I looked, um, because as ministers, I actually do like presented by, and I like, my name is in yeah. a bunch of Bibles out there. Right. But it's like, inside and there's a relationship and there's, it's well, like dedicated. It's a, right. Say. It's a dedicated, right. Yeah. This, this Bible was presented to this person yes. on behalf of this church on this date presented by the pastor's name. Totally different deal. Totally different. And like writing in your Bible, go for it. 100%. Like right. I'm not talking about this is some sacred, you know, I, I remember in seminary, we were taking this class and it was a practicum class. I actually don't, I don't know if Derek has a Bible in his, oh, he does, but it's too far to reach. But anyway, um, so we were in seminary class and it was worship practicum and the guy was reading, we were basically learning how to read different types of scripture, right? Mm -hmm. If it's a story, read it this way. If it's a letter, read it this way. I, I know it sounds weird, but you practice those things. And at the end of it, he lifts up, right? And our church, we say the word of the Lord, thanks be to God, right? He lifts up this pulpit Bible, which is gigantic. Mm-hmm. And he goes, this is the word of the Lord. And he like puts it back down. And I was like, um, that's a book. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. what you just did was the word of the Lord right? Like that was a book that you just read out of. Right. The, in, at least for us, the Bible is just a book until it is like inspired by the spirit, until it is read, until it is shared, even in your own private study, whatever. Right. Like, so it's just a book, write in it. Do, you know, yeah, yeah. it's fine. It's not, it is a sacred text. It is not like, this is the most holy it's thing. It's not ever. a sacred object. So I looked at my great grandmother's and she, you know, wrote her name in the, in it. So basically her signature's in it. And I covet that. I love that her name's in it. I love that she wrote in her Bible. I love that I have that now as a memory from her. And I hate the idea that someone else would come along and write in it. <laughs> well, like, some, some people do treat it as a sacred object. I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but but, you know, they have families who, you know, th- there's a nice big decorative Bible and they record their whole family history in it. And it, you know, sits up on a certain place of reverence in the house or whatever. And, and the Bible, it, the book itself, I mean, we can make anything sacred. We can revere anything. Mm-hmm. Some people do that. But I want to go back to something when you started talking just now. You said interesting uh, when you said about Pre- uh, President Jimmy Carter, you said if he wanted to sign my Bible. And he used the, you used the phrase specifically if he wanted to, but from what I can tell by, you know, this whole story with, with our current president, people wanted him to sign. People brought their Bibles to him for him to sign. He didn't initiate it. Right. If someone comes up, you know, we're a clergy, people in our church roll in with the Bible and they said, you know, you've been a very meaningful person person in my life, the things you said, they've inspired me, blah, blah, blah. I would love for you to sign my Bible. Who among us is going to tell him no, right? I mean, I'll Do you speak- have something to confess here, Ogan? <laughs> I a wish serial people Bible bring- signer. Uh, no, I want people to bring their Bibles to church. No one in Unity brings Bibles to church. I was going to say, I'd, I'd love for them to bring their Bible with them. <laughs> uh, so, but that's, but that's my point. See, someone, for, for them, the, the book had a certain among of relevance. Yep. This person had a certain amount of relevance. They wanted to combine the two. I ostensibly don't see anything wrong with it. Now, if you don't want somebody to sign the cover, you, you hand them the book open. Open, right. To the page you want them to sign on. That, you know, that's a whole different different thing. And and as a signee, as a person who's signed books, yeah, I'm I'm gonna open the book to the 
to blank page or the, or the, you know, the dedication page or whatever, and I'll assign it to. So whatever here nor there, if, if a person who has their own Bible, they have anybody sign it, whoever they want. I, it's their properties, their possession. I don't, I really don't care. And that's where to me, it goes back to the fact that, Okay, and again, take who it is and what it is out of it just for a second to say people are bringing their Bibles for this president to sign, right? Like they believe he is an embodiment of something that Bible teaches them. Now that's the issue right there. That's the issue, right? Right. Like that's the part. Right. The same person who's signed recently checks to pay off porn stars so that he could pay them hush money so that it could be covered up that he cheated on his pregnant wife. And again, and again, there's, this is not a saying that someone can't be changed, redeem themselves, but there's absolutely been zero of that happening. Right. Anyone can see. Um, So, so, so right. There's, there's a certain, there's a certain irony in this and, and, you know, over the last couple of years, I'm always reading these articles about how uh, mostly evangelicals are able to do the mental gymnastics to say, yes, this president represents who we are as, as spiritual people, as religious yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's frankly amazing. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there is a, an unbelievable illogical denial or divorce from, you know, here, here's what the tenets of Christianity are. Here's what this person is, is, has been proven to have done and says, and the two are not connecting, but because they've, because of the political, I think, affiliation between, uh, you know, right wing and um, evangelical Christianity, They've they've forced themselves into that connection, um, and you know the what's the saying? You make your bed, you lie in it. So my my favorite story. I I had never heard of people signing Bibles before. I really had not. And other years than ago, the dedication aspect, other than the dedication <laughs> aspect, right? Like right. or writing your own name in it or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Derek used to work at Barnes and Noble years and years ago. And Joel Olstein was coming to Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Now, the, the people that he worked with, I don't, I don't think they really knew like that he was a minister and his background and you know, whatever. Um, and they were in a staff meeting and you know, they were, there was a lot of security. There was a lot of stuff going on. And the guy said, um, so we need to have the stock pulled of all the Olstein books, he'll sign any of his books or the Bible. And Derek just like, out of nowhere, just because it came out of his mouth goes, but he didn't write it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, I'm signed the Bibles. But he didn't write it. And I, I was trying to get him to, um, like I had, I was friends with him and uh, on Facebook at the time, right? Like we were friends before yeah. you know, all of this. And I was trying to get him to buy a Bible and get Joel Steen to sign it. And like, we'd auction it off at our, you know, uncovered right. and like see who could, and I wanted him to sign it in red. Right. So it was red letter. Exactly. Like, like he wrote it, you know, he wrote the whatever, but I, that was the first time I'd ever heard of anything like that. I was like, what? Well, I, I, I just, I, yeah. I just saw a story that said uh, Trump signed Bibles are selling on eBay for more than $500. So Wow. Jeez. The market is always right. So I guess. Well, that's and that's the other side, right? We, 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 yes, these are tornado victims. Like, Ogan, what you're talking about, right? Like, this is mm-hmm. the only, like, Bibles were probably being passed out in that church. Like, you don't have a possession of your name, and that church, like, because churches do that, here's your Bible as you yep. come and stay in our facility. And that may have been the only possession they had. But that's where, like, the person that got it signed to sell it, like, that's the issue. Like, I have just, there's so many well, issues. We, we're, 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 we are trapped in the cult of celebrity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and, and this is what it is. Um, and how do we make a quick buck? Um, that reminds me, that reminds me, as we were speaking about the Bible, 
time, time for a little more Bible humor. Uh, what is the, where's the first tennis match mentioned in the Bible? First tennis match recorded in the Bible. Uh, when Joseph served in Pharaoh's court. Oh, I knew that one. Oh. Oh, I was too slow. Uh, there we go. See, I was like, anyway, no. And final, and next one, next one, real quick one. Who was, who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? I've heard this one. What is it? Um, Samson, because he brought the house down. Yeah. Oh, boy. There you go. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, we're going to have to cue the groans uh, soundtrack Aww. on the... Uh... Well, listen, come on now. I mean, when, no. you read, when you read the Bible in and of itself, it's pretty much a lot of comedy. It writes it. itself. It writes, it writes <laughs> itself because you read some of this stuff and you're kind of like, really? Do you, do you have a favorite obscure Bible verse? Like, do you have a favorite, like... Oh my god. The craziest thing you've read. Um yes, there is a I don't I don't remember what it is right now. I know now. I have one too and I can't think of where it there is. There is there is a verse where somebody's where some group of men or somebody's genitals are compared to like the size of, of the you know, tip of his little finger. Or is no, the other is? way. It went it went the other way. They were really they were really large. Oh. Or See my favorite is some Somebody, Compared to a horses. Yeah, something like that. I'm going to look that up. Somebody is talking about their father and like, oh, my father is but a tip of my little finger. And it like, it's hilarious. It's nice. super funny. Yeah. And you just, you just run right by it. Like you just, it's not, yeah. you know. There's some weird, there's some weird stuff in there. There's Elijah and the she bears, right? There's the like, yeah. there's, the, yeah. there's the, you know, I taunted you and you mauled me to death, you know, or whatever. Yeah, there's there's a uh, there's a, there's a lot of dark stuff in 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 the Bible and well, and, there's just a lot of funny moments, right? Like just a lot of absurd. Well, we, absurd, absurd. Yes, I don't know about funny. <laughs> Brian, what were you gonna say? I, I had a roommate in college who used to love to quote uh, when the prophet uh, was it Nathan or Nathaniel? Nathan said to King David. Um, you are the man. You are the man. Yeah. Second <laughs> Samuel 11 something. You, know? you yeah, are the man. You are the man. Not in a great context. No, no, no. After this parable of like, <laughs> right. These, you're a horrible person. You are a despicable, terrible human being. Exactly. You might and deserve David's to die. like, that man is terrible. That person is terrible. And he's like, you are the man. Exactly. But yeah. I always no, wanted to the man. It was like second Samuel, blah, blah, blah. Right. That just said, you're the man. Right. <laughs> You I have a the, whole sermon on that, by the way. I did uh, a seminary. <laughs> you, you were the man. Nice. But you know, so, uh, so you know, we 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 make jokes about about stuff that's in the Bible, and you know, there would be some folks that say we're being sacrilegious and and heretical because oh. they view the Bible as you know, this is sacred scripture. This is the inerrant word of God. This is yada 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 and and there's not the there's not the put in the bible into context right. in terms of you know here's here here's here's a collection of of stories and and ways of living in you know however many thousands of years ago that was um and and people doing their best to understand what god was in the light of where their how they where their human evolution was, yeah. you know this is their you know spiritual it's, it's, evolution, spiritual and and human. This is like right, pre scientific, right. uh, you know, human beings right. who are thinking that illnesses are you know you possessed by a demon, or weather is you know can be changed if you pray to the right God. Um, well, entire sets of animals were set unclean because they didn't know how to cook them properly right right or you know. that or or that or that all these animals just came together and walked on a big boat um <laughs> or if you don't eat for 40 days and you're out in the desert you might get visited by the devil right yeah i'm gonna hallucinate too a lot of people gonna visit me if i don't eat <laughs> right now but seriously so in the lectionary this week um it was uh, Jesus in the desert, in the wilderness, the classic uh, first week of Lent text. And the devil, in one of the temptations, uh, you know, invites Jesus to go up and throw himself off the highest point of the temple and then quotes scripture to Jesus that he will, God will lift you up. And 
and spare you and and he will cause his angels whatever to catch you i don't know all the, i don't have memorized but you the point is the devil is quoting scripture here um and so what what precedent does that set or, or what does that mean about the value of quoting scripture because the three of us are clergy and we we read scripture weekly and we believe it does have value in our lives and our congregants lives but if even the devil can quote scripture how does that frame the value of it? What I really wonder is a, what the devil's Bible would look like. What edition <laughs> would the devil read? And what's his translation, right? What translation? It's definitely and red letter for sure. Definitely. And who would sign it? Who would sign? Who would, who would sign the devil's Bible? It's um, the new Hades edition. I think. Nice. That might actually be the most legit funny thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon almost <laughs> lost her pour over there. Over there. No, that was actually funny, Brian. Good job. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, I meant, I, I meant that. That was good. The new Hades edition. Um, the NHD. All right. Exactly. Um, so, what was the question again? <laughs> well, I mean, well, so here's the thing. A lot of people, when who value the Bible highly, who have a high view of Scripture, in in making a point about something they believe or about right. a moral stance or a social issue, they will quote something from the Bible sure. and believe that their case is rested because they've quoted the Bible. So argument over. They use scripture as a, drive, a mic drop, right? Like it's like yes. a, there, done. You can't come back at me. And I'm like, I can come back at you with just about anything. And is that what Satan did? Yeah. Here's a little <laughs> scripture drop. They, mic. They've weaponized scripture. People weaponize scripture and people find scripture to support any view they want to support and conveniently forget the ones that don't support the view that they're trying to hold on to. We can, I mean, we, we've heard people use scripture to, uh, to be homophobic. We've yeah. used, heard people use scripture to be in support of the LGBT community. We've heard scripture to be used to support or go against pretty much any anything that we believe. So this is why I say to people, it's not so much the Bible supports your view; it's that you you have a you have a cultural view on a cultural belief about something, and you are finding the evidence to support it. You're reverse engineering this this whole thing, and uh, you're ignoring the things you don't believe right exactly. like and i i struggle with this like there are things i don't believe that are in scripture right. and i and and i certainly like i don't believe that but but let me seek to understand why that would have been important for them to add what the, what the minds right the historical context what the mindset of the person or the peoples around them going on. Um, Why do you have to struggle? We don't have to believe everything that's in the Bible. We have to no, believe any of it. And I actually, I mean, this is the thing I, I tell people all the time is a lot of things are in the Bible as what not to do, not just what to do, right? Right. Like, I mean, it, Paul had a very specific understanding of what he meant when women are to be silent in church, right? Yep. Clearly, women are the basis of his ministry. Clearly women were vital in Jesus ministry. I, I, it, yep. there is a context to what he is saying. Not that I even agree with that, like him ever saying it necessarily, right. but there is a time and a place and, and things, I think it's okay. You don't have to struggle. I, I just, that's part of my job. It's part of my job to take those difficult texts and to look at them from a different direction. And I still can come out disagreeing with them. Right. But, you know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about image of God in the feminine, right? Yeah. There are plenty of people that believe that that is absolutely wrong. And yet there it is all over scripture. Not only is, not only is that all over scripture, but the idea of multiple deities is all over scripture. Right. You know, God, God, God evolved from, from a plurality of gods. The, you know, the earliest verses in the Bible, let us make man in our image. There's right. a, a plurality. And, 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 and I always remind people, please don't just read the Bible, read about the Bible, read, read the history of how people have evolved in their understanding. A great book I just actually recently read um, um, by Reza Aslan, God, a human history. Right. 
and and it he just brilliantly goes over again how as we have evolved i think i mentioned this when it was on the show two weeks ago as we have evolved our human beings and our understanding of ourselves in the world god has evolved to suit um and uh, uh, as politics as government as as um how we how we live with each other has evolved god has evolved to suit there's or have we evolved to see more clearly who god is so no the first perceived as an evolution of god but maybe we're the ones who've evolved (laughs) no it's the first one (laughs) i i I don't i still don't understand why it can't be both you know in the sense because then we wouldn't have as good a discussion no so you're right god (laughs) God's God's not evolving anywhere. Uh, I I don't believe God is evolving, uh, but I do believe um, our it is our our ideas about God. Absolutely, right. our ideas and our sure. understanding about Without God question. is evolving. But when we do that, we we you know we it, it's a it's a quick it's a quick next step to go. Well, then this is what God means. This is who God is. Well, of course, what what we can't do otherwise. We can't do otherwise. But some of us forget that. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> very true. If if God doesn't evolve, does God adapt? Or, like, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure to be quick to say, I don't know that God doesn't evolve. I don't believe God does anything. God is all there is. God doesn't do anything. God. Uh, well, here's where we have different ideas about God. Well, so and, and, and I mean, that's I'm not, where it all starts. That's yeah. where. It, that's the whole crux of the whole matter. Well, that's the whole, you know, Tolkien ground of our being, you know, um, and in, even in my world, you know, where God does, I don't, it's, it's a, it's God evolves in scripture for sure. Right. Like if you just yeah. look at, you know, but this, that what we're doing and, and we mentioned this, you know, all the time is that like in other traditions arguing about, scripture arguing about theology is welcome yeah and that is just something we have lost in christianity i think like that we are trying to find that there is an answer and that if you don't believe what i believe you're wrong like yeah that is just that is not anything of what any of this was supposed to be about you know you you can read and form an opinion for yourself 100 percent, right and we can learn, well, this is what the church teaches. This is what, you know, the historical context. This is what, you know, we can learn all of these things, but we're supposed to argue about this. Yes. And in a Jewish uh, understanding or certain Jewish understandings, the arguing itself is holy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I, I taught confirmation on Sunday and we were talking about scripture and we're learning about the spirit's role in scripture you know, and again, you know, it's, we're in the Trinitarian view of, of our denomination. And we're talking about how for ours, the spirit goes to the word and the word then, you know, the word being Christ in the Trinitarian, right? That combining is how we learn about God. Like there is a, there is a flow to this that without spirit, you know, these, these are not inspired words. And that's where we don't believe that God, you know, dictated someone's hand necessarily, or, you know, like Moses died twice in Moses died. No, Moses. What is it? Moses died before the Pentateuch was written and he right. was supposedly the one writing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like this is just the stuff that people argue about for centuries and good. Let's argue about it. Let's have some fun with it. You know, we've lost that joy, I think when when we talk about these things and 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 also to remember the bible is limited the bible is is limited because it is the writings of the understandings of the people at the time yeah. who wrote them you said god evolved over the course of the bible no, no god did not evolve over the course of the bible our understanding the human beings understanding evolved over the course of the bible well and that's what i was saying but you were saying god you were saying the other when you were talking about aslan's book <laughs> I'm, no, I'm saying you asked me if, what did you, no, no, no. I said God didn't evolve. You asked me if you said, does God Just evolve? Before that, you were saying that God evolves <laughs> per Reza Aslan's book, and it sounded like you were agreeing with that. Oh, oh no, no, God let me rephrase. No, no. Our not ideas. God, oh, now God evolves. How, how we create the image of God 
evolves. That's what I meant specifically. Agreed. Agreed. No, Does no. God not evolve in the Ark story? In, Does God a, not? You talking about Noah's Ark Noah's or the Ark. Ark of the Covenant? Does God not say, "I'm going to wipe out the planet"? Blah 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 blah. Forty days later, the and then seventy whatever days after that, and the land dries up, and God goes, "Ooh, I made a big mistake." Is that not evolution? Well, mm, I don't know. I'm asking a question. You know, I'm not opposed to it. The the whole well, here here's my my take on it when he asks that question is the the flood didn't happen. Noah's Ark didn't happen. None of that happened. <laughs> None of that happened. It's yeah, all, it's every all... single major religion has that story. Right. It's, 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 it is a meta. You're right. It, 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 it is a metaphorical story, a myth to, to maybe to your point to talk about, yay, look, God must, God might've been this, you know, cranky old bastard who wanted to wipe out the earth, exactly. but, but he found, he found someone who had a pure heart and he saved them. So you have that pure heart you know, God's going to look out for you. So, 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 so it's a story, and I'm just pulling that out there. It's a story, you know, for some people, you know, and, and there's this major earth disaster that happens, this flood, this massive flood, and people are writing and talking about it. So, you know, maybe there's a myth to, de to decide that. I mean, Moses himself had to talk God back from the ledge after he went up to the mountain and God was like, I've, I've had it up to here with these people that I've saved. And they're in the, you know, the keep, bitching and moaning about oh, yeah. no food and no water. Now they build a golden calf. I'm done with them. And Moses had to talk God back from the ledge. Yeah. God said, I'm going to kill them all and start right. over with you, Moses. Ex exactly. Right. Yeah. So, so, so we have these stories of, you know, God getting pissed off, calming down, changing his mind. That sounds a lot more like a human being. <laughs> than the divine than adolescence. So now no. I understand why Ogan plays devil's advocate so much because it's really fun to like rile somebody up like that. <laughs> oh, wait, who is getting riled up? <laughs> <laughs> so the one, the one last thing in all of this that like I feel like we haven't named, right, is that the way that we got the book in the form that it's in now, yeah. right? Which right. is, you know, the fifth century and Constantine and the Council of Nicaea and you know, like if anybody should be authoring in terms of that, like it's this committee should have written their name. Yeah, like yes. this committee decrees that these are the books that, you know, whatever. Maybe Constantine and, could have signed it, right? Right, exactly. Like whatever. I mean, I just, I feel like that's just an area that we miss of, you know, yes, there was a group of scholars and a group of, of you know, high church people that put this together. And, but that's why it, it is the accepted end you know beginning and end in terms of right. those books but even catholics and protestants have a different bible and right? and and at the time they put it together they didn't all agree on it either you know original right. versus original blessing the uh uh saint nicholas of myra on whom santa claus is based you know right. reputedly went and slapped another bishop because he he didn't agree what that bishop said about the trinity like i mean even yeah. even them couldn't come to an agreement at the time right but and I the reason why they included all four of these got these specific gospels is because they told such a different view you know in each one they they came from a different perspective they you know they included two um creation stories at the very beginning as an example of because we don't know like right. so here's two of the of the many stories that we have. We have what, like five creation stories in scripture, two at the very beginning? Like so, right. just yeah. as so, an example of yes, argue like this was an invitation to right. engage. Yeah. Yes. And 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 for me, and I think for many of us, not to take a literally. I mean, why take us, I mean, the fact that it was, you can say, here we have these five creation stories. They were all meant to reflect the wonder and awesomeness of creation, not to be taken literally. But then, you know, we, we want to take that one literally, but we don't want to take another one literally. And we want right. to, you know, you know, which is, again, this is why I, I love Unity's approach, which is like, Take take a purely metaphysical interpretation approach. Forget any any sense of literalism in the whole thing at all. It just doesn't make sense. And there's there's something to that. There there is. 
you know, and that's where I think, you know, as we follow, I mean, <laughs> famously, John Calvin, who is, quote unquote, the father of, you know, my denomination and Brian grew up in that tradition as well. You know, yeah. he didn't, he wrote a commentary on every book of the Bible except Revelation because he basically said it's crap and I'm not spending my time on it. Right. There you go. <laughs> like, like a better things to do. <laughs> exactly. Like, so there's, there's every person makes these kind of decisions for themselves. So, right. You know, what they believe and how they believe and what my church believes. I don't believe everything my church believes. Like that's clear too. And, and yeah. yet, you know, having a structure is good. Um, mm. You know, I don't know that I, every, every single gospel or every single book that that council looked at, like some of them probably should have been thrown out because they just didn't make sense in, you know, all of this. So hmm. I, I feel like we have enough to deal with when, when we have this book. <laughs> True that. Yeah. And I also yeah. think if, if the only argument you can come up with for a particular line of reasoning or a, a belief for a moral stance you have is, but the Bible says, and then quoting a single verse, like it's time to rethink the belief and also your line of thinking. And so, you know, it, it allows us to be lazy when we believe quoting one verse will prove our argument. We, we become lazy thinkers. Right. And we become lazy believers. And we can do better. Yeah. Right. And we don't want to stretch our belief. That's smart. Speaking of smart, who was the smartest man in the Bible? Oh, God. Abraham, he knew a lot. <laughs> wow. Wow. Just, Bible dad just, jokes for the win. There you go. Exactly. I might just wrap us up because we can go nowhere now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to do a New Testament joke. How do we know Peter was a rich fisherman? Because of his net income. Get it? Oh, Peter boy. Fisherman. At, wow. Where's the, like, where's that on your keyboard? The rim shot. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Are you, though? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Last okay. one. Last, last one. Last one. What kind of man was Boaz before he got married? Ruthless. There you go. That one Shen. I know. Shen for the win. <laughs> well played. Well played. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can uh, connect with us on social media, help spread the word there. And of course, you can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, whatever your favorite podcast app is. We'd love you to rate us on iTunes and other venues that will help other folks find us and let us know what you think about the show. If you want to watch us, you can do that on YouTube or IGTV. And if you'd like to find a pub theology group that's in your town, check out the official directory at pubtheology.com. And if you don't see one in your neighborhood, you'll find some resources to help you start your own. And don't forget to show your support for our show by becoming a sponsor on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. I do want to right. say that uh, Crafty Old Bastard sounds like a pretty good beer. Crafty Old Bastard. Ooh, that does sound like a good oh, beer. Somebody should do that. I'm still la I'm still laughing at the new Hades edition. That was that was <laughs> yeah. Hades edition. You didn't like that one. Oh. Maybe a Alrighty. follow up to the uh, Gospel of Trump. You know. I was going to ask you, would you ever have Trump sign the Gospel according to Trump? Absolutely, because then That's someone perfect. might buy it. <laughs> you, you get a lot. You get a lot for that. You get a lot for that uh, until the buyer reads starts it? reading it. <laughs> And then he'll be like, I need a refund. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody burning that on uh, on Facebook somewhere. No, listen, he would sign the cover and he would be like extremely flattered. He That's probably true. would be. He probably, You know he would be. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I have to think about absolutely. that. Absolutely. Speaking of church meetings. Yeah. Mm. It is not the council of Nicaea I'm going to. No. <laughs>
Council of not so Nicaea. Not so. Actually, they're very. They're they're um, the Council of a little too Nicaea. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other. Yeah, that's the, the other side. But it's Lent. We'll talk about you know our spiritual practices, and they'll look at me like I'm crazy. They'll be like, "There you go." Did we do a what? show on Lent? Did we do Lent? What do y'all talk about last week? We, we did do Lent. What did we do last week? I should really listen to this show. <laughs> we we did we I haven't I haven't listened to I'm still it's still on my list to listen to the feminine God one. I haven't done that yet. Uh, well, um, tune in. And also, uh, I liked the episode last week, Pancakes and Ashes, it was called. Yeah. I did see that. We, we, yeah. we spent a long time on what Trove and Trove Tuesday was. Oh. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we need Which I still don't understand. No. I still don't understand. Me neither. Uh, I, got, I, can... I even got the answer, and I still, it hasn't like, <laughs> no. fully computed. I still don't get it. What? Yeah. But, I'm not. I can tell you either. All right. Well, friends, until next time. Until next time. We'll see you guys. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.